Hello and welcome to Moving Kentucky Forward. I'm Bruce Maples, publisher of Forward Kentucky. First of all, my apologies for my dress today. I'm already in the holiday spirit and the holiday mood, and that means sweatshirts and sweatpants and stuff like that around the house. So hope you have a good holiday and that you are able to dress comfortably as well. We all know that the Republican Party in Kentucky has a real fun primary plan for next year with this huge cast of characters all running for governor. It's going to be an interesting experience because somebody theoretically with like 8%, 10% of the total vote could actually be their nominee, which means, if you think about it, that 90% of their voters voted against that person. So it's going to be really interesting because Kentucky doesn't have a runoff, so it's not like they take the top two. And if nobody gets a majority, it's still whoever gets the most votes. There's another opportunity, another option here, which is ranked choice voting. Ranked choice voting has been around for a long time. There are a number of states that use it and certainly a number of cities that use it. And it would be the perfect solution to the GOP's problem next year. And it would make all of our elections better for a lot of reasons. So we were able to meet with one of the uh, leaders of Rank the Vote Kentucky and learn more about ranked choice voting. Let's take a listen right now. So we're here today with Matthew Ruberg of Rank the Vote. Uh, Matthew, welcome to Moving Kentucky Forward. Bruce, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Um, As you know, we have an interesting situation this coming year. Uh, Kentucky, unlike many other states, does their statewide elections in an off year. So 2023 is going to be our election for all the statewide officers with obviously governor heading up the list and then secretary of state and so on and so forth. Um, And we have a situation in the Republican side of the house where there are, I think currently maybe six candidates who have filed to run against our current governor, Andy Bashir. And there are rumors that about four more are getting ready to jump in. And it's going to be craziness over on their side of the aisle. And I have been fascinated by something called ranked choice voting for a long time. Uh, I followed it in some other states that use it. And you are with an organization called Rank the Vote, correct? Yeah, Rank the Vote Kentucky. Okay. So tell me more. Explain to our uh, listeners what ranked choice voting is, because when I try to explain it to people, they sort of get it, but they don't always get it. Sure. Yeah, Bruce. And is it okay? Can we take like one step back even and kind of explain plurality voting and sure. and and the, the problems that we see like with plurality voting? Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Great. So uh so right so uh with uh kentucky having their very crowded republican primary coming up i think it's a great time to talk about ranked choice voting and all the benefits that it has because i think what we're going to see are some people who are upset with the way the vote turns out and Mm -hmm. uh and i'm going to talk a little bit about the problems that we have um, and how ranked choice voting solves those problems. So, uh, you know, the way that we vote right now is called plurality voting. 
right? And with plurality voting, um, you go in, you vote for one candidate for a race, and whichever person has the most votes wins the election. Uh, but if you start looking a little bit closer, you start to see that uh, that has some issues with it. Uh, the first issue being that um, it does not guarantee a majority winner. And that's the reason why it's called plurality voting, because you can win with, a, with just a plurality, which means more votes than anyone else in the, uh, in the race. And so uh, you, you see that happen in Kentucky quite a bit, actually, right? Um, there are non-majority winners in 66% of primary elections between uh, like 2012 and 2018. 60%, 66% of primary elections with more than two candidates had non-majority winners, mm-hmm. had only plurality winners. And 21% of general elections with more than two candidates had non-majority winners. So that seems like a problem. Obviously, more people are voting against the person who ends up winning than for the person who ends up winning. Uh, and, and, and that's a problem. And uh, there are so some other example- problems. So, for example, if we have three candidates in a race, what you're saying is candidate A gets 40 percent of the vote. Candidate B gets 30 percent. Candidate C gets 30 percent. So candidate A wins with 40 percent. But the truth is that 60 percent of the people voted against candidate A. Exactly. Exactly. And and going back to the example of this upcoming gubernatorial primary, uh, the more people that are in that election, the lower that threshold for having a plurality win can happen. And I, I saw uh, someone tweeting out, they were saying that there were like 12 people who had at least expressed willingness to run in the GOP mm-hmm. primary. And with 12 people in the GOP primary, you would need only a little bit over 8% of the vote in order to win a plurality election, like potentially. Um so and and that's happened before. Uh, you know, Matt Bevin won the uh, Republican primary with thirty two percent of the vote. Right. Right. So it's not uh, like unlike or it's not out of the realm of possibility for that to happen even here in Kentucky. And then there are other bad things that have a plurality, like the spoiler effect. Right. So. People say, well, you know, there's candidate A and B that you're used to, that you see from the big parties, and, and then there's candidate C. And people say, well, if candidate C wasn't there, uh, you know, like what, what could have happened? What would have been different? Uh, and what we won't know. Um, and so, uh, and then there are other problems, and we can get into those, Bruce, if we, if we have time for it. But I want to talk a little bit about how ranked choice voting works both for voters and uh, people who are administering elections, mm-hmm. and then how that solves the problems that we talked about already. Um, and so ranked choice voting is really a simple change to the way we vote, right? So instead of, uh, for each race, instead of uh, supporting one candidate, you can rank candidates in order of your preference, first, mm-hmm. second, third, and so on. And if your first choice candidate cannot win, your vote is automatically transferred to your second choice or third choice and so on. And uh, 
So, so that's, that's the only change for voters, right? Instead of voting for one person in each race, you can rank candidates in order. And uh, for election administrators who are uh, trying to determine a winner, they also have a couple changes, right? So the workflow of, of, an, of an election administrator with ranked choice voting starts out very similar to plurality voting. You add up all of the first place votes um, you see if anyone has a majority over however much percent of 50%. And if they do have a majority of all the first place votes, then they're the winner, just right. like in uh, a plurality election. If no one has 50%, if no candidate has a majority, then they go into rounds of eliminating the lowest, uh, the last place candidate. And when that candidate is eliminated, anyone whose vote counted towards that candidate who was eliminated, their vote is transferred to their next preference. Those next preferences are added onto the first place preferences that we already had. They retally the votes, see if someone has a majority. If they do, we have a winner. If they don't, then they continue eliminating candidates right. until we have a majority. And so that is the way that ranked choice voting works like me- mechanically. And how does that solve the problems that we talked about? Well, first of all, it, it guarantees a majority winner mm-hmm. uh, at any time. Like it will continue eliminating candidates until one candidate has at least 50%. So that's, that's a definite positive. It eliminates the spoiler effect, right? So when that candidate C like cannot, um, cannot win, their supporters still have a say in the outcome of the election. You know, they say, well, if candidate C wasn't in there, well, out of candidate A and B, I would prefer to have this one rather than that one. And, and I think another like, good example of how this works out is a lot of people, a lot of listeners might have heard about the runoff elections in a state like Georgia, where it kind of works the same way, where in Georgia, you know, they had their, uh, the election none of the candidates got 50%, got a majority. So they kick out everyone but the top two, and then they have a runoff election to basically say, well, if all of these other candidates weren't in the race, how w- what would people prefer of the last two candidates? And that's why sometimes you'll hear ranked choice voting also referred to as an instant runoff voting. Right. Because you basically get that runoff without having to bring people back to the polls you know, without having to do a whole nother election. Uh, and what, what you see in those runoff elections is like way less uh, people coming out to vote compared right. to the original one. And so uh, ranked choice voting is a, an easy way for people. To, they, they only come in once. They still, you still only come in and vote one time. But you can have those, uh, the rounds where you eliminate the candidates that aren't, uh, can't win the election and you give people the opportunity to still have a say in the final outcome. The other thing about ranked choice voting, which is sort of something you mentioned, it allows you to get a consensus candidate. So you have candidate A, well, let's let's say all the candidate A voters voted for candidate C as their second choice. And all the candidate B voters voted for candidate C as their second choice. So out of all the voters, 
One candidate they agreed on that they could actually support is candidate C, but candidate C might come in third. And so you wind up with the candidate A voters can't stand candidate B and the candidate B voters can't stand candidate A, but they all can sort of agree on candidate C. And so you wind up with somebody that actually has more support, but it would have been hidden in a uh, normal plurality vote. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, uh, I think one, the appealing thing about ranked choice voting there is it allows people to express more than they would be able to with a regular plurality election. Right. And and I think it's important to talk a little bit about uh, how, you know, we make our rules and then our rules influence us, you know, and I think it's important to talk about that with that kind of like involuntary uh, you see it in, in the elections right now is like kind of like polarization, right? So what happens is candidates right now don't really need to appeal that broadly because, right. Right. Because they know if they turn out their partisan plurality, that's all they need to do. Right. Right. And, and so as, as the years have gone by and, uh, what, what you see happening is uh, people who are worried about wasting their votes, um, like moderates and independents, they're encouraged to like vote tactically to, mm-hmm. to find someone who might be electable. Right. And so you, like you were talking about the people who might have in, in the example you were mentioning, the people who might have supported candidate C, like really w- like in their heart of hearts, they say, oh, well, you know, I, I really like candidacy, but I, I might, I'm, I'm going to waste my vote if I, if I vote for that, right. because the, the only game in town is A and B. And so you have that uh, example that you were mentioning, Bruce, where really everyone's like, well, you know, like I would be happy with C. It's not my first choice, but I would be, I would be definitely happy with them. Um, but they don't have the opportunity to express that with plurality voting. So right? let's, let's talk about, um, Practicalities. Uh, Rank choice voting is done. <clears throat> I know it's done in Alaska. Uh, where else? Do, do Maine is that another state that does rank choice? Yep. How many so, states are there that currently use rank choice voting at some level? That's a great question. And so Maine was the first state to use rank choice voting for all elections statewide, and uh, they started that. I think it was like two cycles ago. So they they have elected two sets of like U.S. Congress people with ranked choice voting. They elect their governor. Uh, so they they all of their elections now use ranked choice voting. Uh, May, uh, Alaska just became the second state to use ranked choice voting statewide. And this most recent election in 2022, uh, and actually they had like a special election that people might have heard about with uh, Mary Piltola. And um, in in Alaska, um, and so they just had their first round of statewide elections. But then some municipalities throughout the mm-hmm. country have been using ranked choice voting for quite a while. Um, and so those are cities like uh, San Francisco, Minnesota, New York City just started using ranked choice voting. Uh, like for you, a lot of people might have seen their. Uh, mayoral primaries right uh, and their mayoral election used ranked choice voting 
And then there's some other states, uh, like one that's more like Kentucky probably is Utah, is like a red state. So they have a local option and municipalities can opt in to using ranked choice voting for their municipal elections. Um, And the first year they were allowed to do that, I believe it was about two years ago, they had like two or three cities sign on. Uh, And then this year, I think they have like over 20 cities deciding to use ranked choice voting for their elections. Um, And then uh, another one that I kind of want to point out is there are a lot of states in the South, like Georgia, Louisiana, and Texas, that use ranked choice voting for their overseas and military ballots. Mm. The reason being, when they have their runoff elections, like in Georgia, they don't want to have to go back out, send another ballot out. Right. So they can just they can do all of that with ranked choice voting. They can have that instant runoff. So you are with ranked choice voting Kentucky. So what sort of traction are you getting for this idea uh, in the state? And specifically, have you talked to any state legislators? Yep, we definitely have. So I think in Kentucky, what we've seen is when we go out. Uh, and we talk to people, right? We've done canvassing. Uh, we go out to events and talk to people. You know, we canvass at like uh, flea markets here in Louisville. I'm, I'm based in Louisville. We've been to Danville. Um, we, we were just in Hopkinsville talking to people down there. And I think what we see is nine out of 10 people have never heard of ranked choice voting. And right. that number is... Uh, the number of people who uh, have heard about it is definitely increasing. But, but still in Kentucky, more often than not, people haven't heard about it. But once we give them the pitch, once we give them the two or three minute pitch, nine out of 10 people support ranked choice voting. And it makes sense, right? For all the reasons that, we, that we've already talked about. And so, you know, at Rank the Vote Kentucky, what we're focused on is just educating people and, and talking to people about it. And we have, we, we have talked to uh, elected officials about ranked choice voting and um, it kind of, the response is kind of all over the board, right? Uh, just like regular people, not a lot of elected officials have heard of ranked choice voting. Um, and I think with elected officials, there's a little more, hesitation mm-hmm. about ranked choice voting simply because you know if they're an elected official right now they were elected with plurality voting right and so you know they're not trying really to more often than not you know that it's a system that works for them but there there is progress here in kentucky uh for example uh state senator stephen meredith he's a mm-hmm. republican uh, out of like litchfield he has proposed uh, a bill for uh, enabling ranked choice voting for all statewide offices. Uh, I think that's like all the state legislature and like constitutional offices Mm. um, for the general election. Uh, And so that has been introduced the last two legislative sessions. uh, And I'm pretty sure it might've made it to committee, but I don't think it's ever had a hearing. I, there's all there's already, of course, uh, rumors that the Republicans are so nervous about their primary next May that they're going to pass a runoff rule in the legislature. It would seem to me that at least that's a start. But you could make the case 
that, okay, why not just go all the way and do ranked choice voting? Uh, you said that uh, when we were talking before we started the interview, uh, you mentioned the fact that other resource groups are a little more technical than you are. One of the things that I'm wondering is if, if you have looked into the difficulty of switching our voting machines over to ranked choice voting, we have finally, as a state, gotten to where we use pretty much only paper ballots, which is a big step forward as far as I'm concerned. And I was a poll worker the last two elections, and so I'm familiar with the machine, uh, the DS-200 by ES&S, which is the primary machine I think that most of us use. Do you know anything about how difficult it is to change that machine to ranked choice voting? Yeah, so uh, that group that we were talking about, Bruce, they're called the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. They are excellent. They're all, most of them are former uh, election officials. A lot of them are based out of North Carolina. Mm -hmm. um, and they have written a report for every single state about what it would take technically, like from a, from a te purely technical perspective, to implement Ranked Choice Voting. They have a, uh, uh, I think it's like, 10, 15, 20 page report for Kentucky. And uh, I, I'll, I'll be happy to share that after we talk today. I, and it's, it's great reading for anyone, any wonk who's interested in like actual election statutes. Sure. And, and uh, the only difficulty in Kentucky, there are some hurdles that would have to be figured out in Kentucky. One of those being not all uh, voting machines that are certified in Kentucky and are being used in Kentucky can do ranked choice voting right now. And I, 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 I would have to look back at the report. It's a small percentage. It's like 10% or something of the machines can't handle ranked choice voting. Uh, so that is one thing that would definitely have to be changed. But at the federal level, uh, they passed legislation to help uh, provide money to mm -hmm. states in order to you know, like research the viability of ranked choice voting and also like implement ranked choice voting. So there is help there uh, in order to make that happen. But yes, there are uh, like limitations with some of the current voting machines that Kentucky uses. But, you know, there are different flavors of ranked choice voting that could be passed to make it happen in Kentucky. Kentucky needs at the very least statewide legislation that would, uh, you know, define what a ranked choice election is, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and how you do those uh, elimination rounds if they're mm -hmm. needed. Mm -hmm. And if, uh, you know, if the, that first step is like a local option, saying that cities throughout Kentucky would have the option to opt in to ranked choice voting, um, that, that's what happens in Utah. And Utah, um, they... Uh, some of the smaller municipalities uh, like contract out to larger municipalities to like uh, use their machines, use some of their machines and, and other things like that. So yes, there are, uh, there is action that needs to be taken in order to mm -hmm. make ranked choice voting happen in Kentucky, but there are all things that can be uh, like taken care of if, if election administrators and elected officials you know, like have the will to uh, bring ranked choice voting to Kentucky. So if somebody wants to learn more about your organization, Ranked Choice Voting Kentucky, where would they go? So they should go to rankthevoteky.org. 
uh, or, you know, just like Google searching rank the vote Kentucky. We're right there at the very top. Um, we've got all the regular social media, Facebook, Instagram, okay. and Twitter. Uh, and all of those are on our website at rankthevoteky.org. And are you related to a national rank the vote organization? So there is, there are a couple national organizations that all do like really great work. One place that I would suggest anyone who's interested in ranked choice voting to go look at is Fair Vote. Okay. Uh, they have been at it for like 20 or 30 years. I think maybe even longer than that. Um, and they actually started in Cincinnati. Cincinnati was one of the uh, uh, biggest jurisdictions to use ranked choice voting. They, they uh, got rid of it in like the 60s, I think. Um, but they fair vote started there. They have so much uh, good information okay. that anyone can, t- can go and see. There's also uh, like Rank the Vote U.S., they they're a group that also has a lot of good information. They help on the ground, like with there's there's a, a ranked choice voting advocacy group in all fifty states. Okay, they do a lot of work there. Um, that's just rank the vote U.S. Whereas we are rank the vote KY. Gotcha, Matthew Ruberg. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, this is an issue that I think pretty much anybody can get behind, not just progressives, not just conservatives. It's really a bipartisan, nonpartisan issue about making our elections better. Thank you for your time. And uh, we will be promoting this on the site. Bruce, thank you so much for having me here. And I would be happy to talk to anyone about ranked choice voting. Uh, my, I, I mean, I'm happy to give out my email, um, my phone number, even if anyone wants to talk about ranked choice voting, how it happens okay. in Kentucky or has any questions, I'd be happy to talk to people. Great. And I appreciate you having us on here. All right. Take care. Thanks, Bruce. That was Matthew Ruberg with Rank the Vote KY, Rank the Vote Kentucky, telling us about ranked choice voting and why we should adopt it. I'm a big fan of ranked choice voting, which I think is obvious. And I'm going to reach out to some state legislators and suggest that instead of just doing a runoff rule, that they do a real serious look at ranked choice voting. I think it would solve a lot of problems for them, and it certainly would make our elections better and more fair in Kentucky. And actually, I think it would increase turnout because people would know that their vote's going to count. Thanks for watching or listening. We are not going to do a Moving Kentucky Forward next week due to the holidays. And so we will see you and hear you in the new year. Take care.